Bad news, Viv. I hear Matt's voice, words anyone would dread, but a tone that's reassuring, light, apologetic. It's something unfortunate, sure, but it's manageable. Anything truly bad and his voice would be heavier. He'd use a complete sentence, a complete name. I have some bad news, Vivian. I hold the phone to my ear with a raised shoulder, swivel my chair to the other side of the L-shaped desk, to the computer centered under gray overhead bins. I guide the cursor to the owl-shaped icon on the screen and double-click. If it's what I think it is, what I know it is, then I only have a bit longer at my desk. Ella, I say. My gaze drifts to one of the crayon drawings tacked to the high cubicle walls with pushpins, a pop of color in this sea of gray. A hundred point eight. I close my eyes and take a deep breath. We've been expecting it. Half her class has been sick, falling like dominoes, so it was only a matter of time. Four-year-olds aren't exactly the cleanliest bunch, but today? It had to happen today? Anything else? Just the temp. He pauses. Sorry, Viv. She seemed fine when I dropped her off. I swallow past the tightening in my throat and nod, even though he can't see me. Any other day and he'd pick her up. He can work from home, at least in theory. I can't, and I used up all my leave when the twins were born. But he's taking Caleb into the city for the latest round of medical appointments. I've been feeling guilty for weeks that I'll have to miss it. And now I'll be missing it and still using leave I don't have. I'll be there in an hour, I say. The rules say we have an hour from the time they call. Factoring in the drive and the walk to my car, it's in the outer reaches of Langley's sprawling parking lots, that gives me about 15 minutes to wrap up work for the day. 15 minutes less leave to add to my negative balance. I glance at the clock in the corner of my screen, seven minutes past ten, and then my eyes shift to the Starbucks cup beside my right elbow, steam escaping from the hole in the plastic lid. I treated myself, a splurge in celebration of the long-awaited day, fuel for the tedious hours ahead. Precious minutes wasted in line that could have been spent digging through digital files. Should have stuck to the usual, the sputtering coffee maker that leaves grounds floating at the top of the mug. That's what I told the school, Matt says. School is actually our daycare center, the place where our youngest three spend their days. But we've been calling it school since Luke was three months old. I'd read it could help ease the transition, lessen the guilt of leaving your baby for eight, ten hours a day. It didn't, but old habits die hard, I guess. There's another pause, and I can hear Caleb babbling in the background. I listen, and I know that Matt's listening, too. It's like we're conditioned to do so at this point. But it's just vowel sounds. Still no consonants. I know today was supposed to be a big day, Matt finally says and trails off. I'm used to the trailing off, the evasive conversations on my open line. I always assume someone's listening in, the Russians, the Chinese, 
That's part of the reason Matt's the first one the school calls when there's a problem. I'd rather him filter some of the kids' personal details from the ears of our adversaries. Call me paranoid, or just call me a CIA counterintelligence analyst. But really, that's about all Matt knows. Not that I've been trying in vain to uncover a network of Russian sleeper agents, or that I've developed a methodology for identifying people involved in the highly secretive program, just that I've waited months for this day, that I'm about to find out if two years of hard work is going to pay off, and if I stand a chance at that promotion we desperately need. Yeah, well, I say, moving my mouse back and forth, watching Athena load, the cursor in the shape of a timer. Caleb's appointment is what's important today. My eyes drift back to the cubicle wall, the bright crayon drawings. Ella's, a picture of our family, stick arms and legs protruding straight from six round, happy faces. Luke's, a bit more sophisticated, a single person, thick, jagged scribbles to color in hair and clothing and shoes. Mommy, it says in big capital letters, from his superhero phase. It's me, in a cape, hands on my hips, an S on my shirt. Super mommy. There's a familiar feeling in my chest. The pressure. The overwhelming urge to cry. Deep breaths, Viv. Deep breaths. <laughs>